Stay tuned for Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Pastor Ernest Jones from Main Street Baptist Church in Georgetown. Today's topic, Developing a Powerful Heart for Loving. Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations, south at 4501 South Congress, north at 8808 Research Boulevard, and new northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to ensure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at Casa at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Welcome to Love Talk. We are in studio today with my sweet friend, Kathy Underbrock. Kathy, are you excited to be here today? I, I am, as always. I enjoy being in here with you, Evelyn. And, you know, last week I wasn't with you, and I just um, missed it. It was not the same. So yeah. I've been looking forward to this. It's been on my calendar, and I've been getting excited, especially about the topic. Well, we're talking about having a powerful heart today, and we're in our heart series. And we are coming to you today from the studio here in Cedar Park, Texas, a neighbor to Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. at KTWX. And we are excited that um, we have a new range of people, Kathy, that we have an opportunity to share joy and love and goodness and mercy with. Mm-hmm. And most of all, the truth of the love of the Lord Jesus. We go all the way up to for, uh, Waco and Colleen, all the way down to North San Antonio. And that's big for us. And we, we are in our fifth month here. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you should say that because we actually got um, a little note on our Facebook page this week saying that she was listening to us from Louisiana. She goes, no, it's kind of grumbly a little bit. It wasn't a very clear signal, but I thought... Well, how can that be? We have a very clear signal from Waco to New Braunfels, but I thought that was it. 
(laughs) She must have a pretty big antenna on her car in her house, I think. Well, it is an amazing thing what God does. And, of course, we are online at uh, KTXW or on our website. Yes, and, you know, I I find the best way to really get us what I do anywhere I am, I have downloaded the smartphone app. So I just went into my iPhone smart, um, my app store, and there it was, The Bridge. I downloaded it for free, and now I can get it no matter where I am, anytime. That might be what what their friend over in Louisiana was doing. You know, I wonder that could be. Uh, Well, we are uh, in this series of talking about heart and Today we are going to talk about having a powerful heart. That means a spirit-controlled, spirit-driven heart. Mm. And uh, we just know that love is the most powerful thing well, and life, in a person's heart or in their life. Yes, and life takes a whole lot of love to live well. It and does, it you know, does take a lot. Love for yourself, for your children, for others. Love for our for our nation and for our leaders of today. And you know, I love that you even said. Uh, you mentioned the Holy Spirit. I think you really can't talk about a powerful, loving heart without talking about the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk a bit about that as well. Well, this is a really important time as we move into a time when we choose our leaders mm-hmm. for, for this coming year. And it is time for us to pray about that, Kath. We, uh, we do believe in love talk that we are responsible under the Lordship of Christ, to choose godly leaders. Timothy teaches us that. In, in Tim, Paul wrote, uh, well, say Timothy, Paul wrote Timothy because Timothy was living in a time much like we're living in today when he was disturbed about some of the things that were coming down mm-hmm. in the area of neighborhoods and communities and even legalistic things. And Paul said to him, you must pray. Pray mm-hmm. for those that are in authority over you for two reasons. Number one, that it might go well with you. You live at peace. Number okay. two. Okay. Number two, then, is it might go well with you. I know it might go well with you. It's one of those two, Evelyn. <laughs> That's one of the good ones. And the other is that you might serve the Savior. Yes. And so that's why we, during this time, we're going to be talking about some things that are life issues and things that are important for us as Christians to nail down completely. And the thing that we nail down is that we pray and we pray and we pray for our leaders and for those that we will choose. And then we make discovery about who they are, what they believe, and what they plan to do. And then what we do is we vote. That's and right. we vote values. We don't vote party. We don't vote faith, race. We don't vote seniority. We vote values. That's and right. so we'll be talking about that a little bit in the next couple of weeks. And, you know, I like that you mentioned vote as well. Where So our church, you know, I, I go to Main Street Baptist Church, love that church. I've been a part of that family for 14 years. We are actually going through... Um, uh, 40 days of, of prayer right mm-hmm. now. We right. all have a prayer guide. And, and Faithy, my youngest, Evelyn, you know, she's nine years old. She was homesick last week. And so she and I were going through and doing this the prayer devotional together for day three. And um, one of the things was it said, you know, list the five things that you love most about God. And so um, I wrote down the five things that she, as she spoke them, I wrote them mm-hmm. down. And then when I told my five things, she wrote them down and Um, But one of her five things was that God gave us a choice whether or not to love him and that she was just 
She's really been realizing how important our choices are and that choice is such a godly thing. And I think, you know, the vote to me represents choice. And if, if anyone thinks, you know, that the vote was put in their hands by man, they are sorely mistaken. That vote, that ability to choose, to make choice was put in our hands by God and he's protected um, that right that we have in this country. And so I think it's a wonderful thing when we go out and we do make that vote, prayerfully make that vote, mm-hmm. voting values, we are honoring God in going and doing that. Well, and there is a great war going on in area today, but this is also Pastor Appreciation Month. Yay! Tell me what you love about your pastor there at uh, for, uh, Main Street Baptist in um, and Georgetown, what do you really love about him? Well, what's not to love? I mean, Evelyn, this really, you know, you talk about your, um, when I was growing up in high school, I had a little four-banger Celica, you know, and you kind of pushed on the gas pedal and it would kind of go <laughs> a little bit. But, you know, I, I get the opportunity to drive in, in Eric's V8 truck. And, I mean, you push on that pedal and that thing roars and goes. And, you know, our pastor's like that V8 pastor. Mm. He just has the power and he has, a, he has just a great love for the Lord, incredible man of grace. The, the best, uh, as my daddy would say, what's well, the best preaching pastor I've ever heard? And well, I know you love him. And I know we got a surprise today. He is going to be our guest today. I want you to introduce him. Okay, well, I just, I'm looking forward to having all of our listeners uh, just get to experience and hear from my pastor, Pastor Ernest Jones of Main Street Baptist Church. Pastor Ernest, welcome. Thank you for having me on this program. Well, we don't want to overwhelm you, uh, Pastor Jones, but we're excited about you being here today because we're going to test your heart. We're going <laughs> to talk to you about some of the things that are close to our heart, and I know that are close to your heart. Uh, it is exciting when we think about this is Pastoral Appreciation Month. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the ladies at our church, we always do something special for the pastors each month, and it, it really puts in, in our hearts and minds the importance of showing appreciation for our pastors because so much is is expected mm-hmm. of them. I think even some very unrealistic things are of expected of our pastors, and so I'm just so excited to have them here and um, to be able to tell every single one of our friends that are listening on lo- online on their Um, smartphones and on that uh, radio dial as they're driving into work or driving across country. I'm just excited to share with all of them um, how much this, this, what a difference this man has made in the life of of our family, um, in our marriage, in uh, the relationship that we have um, and the relationships that we have within our, within our church. And I mean, you have background in degrees in philosophy, your master's in, in you've done doctoral studies, and um, you, one of the things I love most is how you bring in these incredible eclectic um, works and writings and um, from so many different areas and make them so relevant and divide the words so rightly. How do you do that? Well, uh, first off, let me just say I am thoroughly embarrassed at this point. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're going to find out what you love about Georgetown, so don't be embarrassed. Well, you know, I I appreciate Pastor Appreciation Month, Mm -hmm. and I'm always humbled by it because I I think about how how unworthy I am that God would ever call me to uh, serve in the gospel ministry and to serve such sweet people. 
at Main Street. Um, I, uh, I appreciate the opportunity that the church does give me to spend time preparing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a sacrifice on uh, the part of the church to support me and to give me the space necessary so as to think and read and prepare and, and study. And so any contributions I ever make to the church family, I'm very humbled that they've given me the opportunity to make How those contributions. How long have you been there, Pastor? I've been there for seven years. What do you love about it? Uh, I love the bottom line. What do you love about Georgetown? About Georgetown. Well, I've lived in Texas almost all of my life, and Central Texas is the best place (laughs) and the best state (laughs) in the nation. And I'm not—I don't mean to brag, okay? But Texas is the best. It is. It's the best. We've got armadillos. (laughs) We've got Marfa lights. We have. Happy Hour at Sonic and Crunchy Ice. I mean, what's not to like not about to like. Texas? Well, what um, what was like life for you as a child as you were growing up uh, in South Texas? Uh, my life was really good. My parents were committed believers since before I was born. They both came to Christ in their early adult years, but prior to uh, my birth. And so I always knew what it was like to grow up in a Christian home. Uh, my dad was a deacon, chairman of the deacons, for as long as I can remember, very active in the Gideons. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up in a Christian household. And, of course, there were not, there were moments of imperfection. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it happens. Sometimes days that are <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sometimes years. Yeah. But I mainly attribute the down years to my brother. Uh, but it was a wonderful experience growing up in that Christian household, and I grew up in church, and I didn't really know much different. And so my my uh, developmental time was influenced by the Scripture and uh, by godly influence. My parents did live lives that were consistent uh, with their public persona. And that so is such a blessing, Pastor. It, it really was. It was uh, a blessing. And we don't realize that as much uh, today, I think, as uh, maybe... With young people today coming in, they uh, because of the society in which we live today and all the changes are going on. But we are excited about you being here, and we I want to thank you for taking time out today. I know you gave up a very special occasion to be here with us, Kathy, <laughs> and I, I'm feeling pretty guilty about. That. But let us take uh, Kathy. Let us take our break. We come back. We want to talk about how different life is today in some areas than it was as we grew up in Texas right after this. Stay with us. Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations. South at 4501 South Congress. North at 8808 Research Boulevard. And new Northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. 
From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to insure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com Coming up next here at the bridge 1120 it's Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Kathy Enterbrock and welcome back. This is Love Talk Radio on KTXW, The Word, 1120 AM. I'm Kathy Enderrock, and in the studio is the First Lady of Love, Evelyn Davison. And with us today, our special guest, uh, Pastor Ernest Jones, uh, my pastor from Main Street Baptist Church in Georgetown, Texas. And we are talking about having a powerful, loving heart. And Evelyn, you took us out. Um, you know, we just heard from Pastor Jones. You had, you had a pretty incredible upbringing And, Evelyn, you mentioned we're going to take a look at how it might be different with today's families as maybe as um, the situation was in the United States when uh, during our younger years. Pastor Jones, how do you how do you see things being different today or different for other families than how you grew up? Well, I think the challenges are not as different as we would make them out to be. Uh, Gene and I were talking just last week about how different it was for us growing up and our children. Uh, some of the disadvantages that our kids face is access to to things without parental control, uh, whether it be through the Snapchat or Internet surfing, that sort of thing. And yet at the same time, they have certain uh, there are certain built-in advantages. We always know where our kids are. I would go missing for hours mm-hmm. at a time, and my parents never knew what in the world I was up to. We are able to track our kids, and so there's pros and cons. There are different challenges in different communities. I can remember growing up, and profanity was much worse when I was growing up than it seems to be for my kids now. So I I suppose there are pros and cons in every generation, but in every generation, of course, kids are going to be dealing with largely the same issues because they've got the same hormones Mm -hmm. and the same social needs, just different manifestations of it. Now, you talked about having quite a good upbringing, quite a good childhood. So, you know, in pastoring a church, you know, you're not going to have all these families where all of the children and all the adults have come from this wonderful Christian, consistently lived out background. So, you know, how how 
how is it that uh, that you can pastor individuals with such um, maybe a broken background and and how where do you get the power from to be able to to go administer to them so effectively well i think the the basic answer is all of our problems are largely the same i grew up in a household that was very i don't know together you might say and yet at the same time there were problems in my upbringing that i didn't identify until later on I was the self-righteous older brother that you get in the parable of the prodigal son. And it wasn't until later in life that I realized my problem was the same as the younger brother who went off in the wayward country and squandered the wealth. His problem, the younger brother, is he didn't understand the father's love and acceptance, but he got that he needed it eventually. The self-righteous older brother He came around a lot slower, and I don't even know if in the parable he ever does come around, but his problem is essentially the same. He has a performance-based acceptance view toward the Father. I finally got that. The Lord broke me of it later in my life, and I came to realize that my problem was essentially the same as everybody else's problem, a wrong view of God Mm -hmm. and an inability to approach him through the grace of Jesus Christ. As strange as this may be, I grew up in a household that taught me about grace, and I learned the verses in the Bible that were saved by faith through grace. You know, this isn't uh, anything we boast about, and yet at the same time, that was kind of part of my righteousness resume. I know a verse that you don't know. I have my theology correct. And so, as odd as this is, It is possible to grow up in a church and still not entirely understand or internalize grace because you've not really understood the depth of your own need for it. And so while my experience growing up is very different from many people, I've come to see that I'm in exactly the same Mm. boat as everybody else. You know, that's interesting, Pastor, and very um, sensitive because... um, We set these judgments of being spiritually minded to the extent if someone else doesn't meet our spiritual measurement or barometer, then we uh, stand in judgment. I can remember as, um, I guess it was when I was in college, I had a friend, and she said, damn, all the time. And her mother was the Bible teacher. And and I thought, there is no way you can be a teacher. and say, damn. And, I, and it, it took me years before I realized how judgmental that was. But in all, my own mind, it, it, just, it just didn't fit. And, and where we are, I see today, in the culture in which we live today, so often we at church can do that. We can, we can pass judgment on someone by the way they speak or the way they talk or the way they look. or There are just a lot of things, and that's not really good. But I think in that regard, our generation has changed a lot. 
with younger people. We are more acceptable of them. I think it's evident today that most churches have two worship services. They'll have one for the old folks like us, you know, that <laughs> like the, con- I right. mean, we like, we like the hymns. We want to learn something, you know, and we never get too over that. And then the younger people, they like the active type. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe, Kathy, there's something you would add to that conversation. No, I think that's right. And I mean, the youth groups are, are, um, more engaged and and tailored and and you know for example in our church it's the youth that take up the offering in the contemporary service not the deacons which really? is kind of unusual trying to get the the youth involved in the life of the church and taking the focus that this really is a church family that it's all of the family coming together um, on Sunday to be together, to worship together, to do this together so that none of us are just observers, but that we're all participants in this. And that's what a powerful Christian is. You have a quote in that regard we talked about earlier, Kathy. You know, that's true. It's this quote that I've heard a number of times, and it's quite a long quote, but I've kind of whittled it down to the very, uh, the very basic. And it goes something like this. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. I'm interested in your take on that. Hmm. Huh. I, I somewhat agree with it. I would think that actually our adequacy or our power beyond measure comes really not from ourselves, but uh-huh. Christ in us. Uh-huh. And I don't think anybody needs to fear this. In fact, I, I believe that in those moments when I recognize that I have been crucified with Christ, that it's no longer I who live, but Christ living in me, in those moments, I feel his power. And it excites me and it exhilarates me because I recognize I'm actually participating in something that is beyond me or is not me. You have these conversations every once in a while, and you walk away from them thinking, that was so exciting, not because I was so smart and brilliant, but because somehow, in some way, God used me. Mm -hmm. God was at work in me or through me, and you can't take any pride in that, but it's fun being used in that way. And it's exciting, and that's why I think churches are so important, Pastor. I think that's why uh, the Lord trains up pastors like you, and that's why we ought to say thank you every day for them, mm-hmm. uh, Kathy, because the general person has great difficulty in determining the difference between being a powerful person in control of their life and being a powerful Christian. And right. we know that comes by the power of God's Holy Spirit. Right. And Romans 12 tells us that if we present our bodies a holy sacrifice, mm-hmm. our body becomes the temple of God's Spirit. Right. But you've got to lay it down. There's a, there's a humility that comes in order to connect to it. And I think that humility is contained in that verse I just quoted. I think it's Galatians uh, 2.20, that I have been crucified with yes. Christ. Something, something happened to me. I died. Mm-hmm. That's the good thing that I offer to God is my death <laughs> so he can use me. And it's him living in me. It's not me doing this. Mm-hmm. But I don't think a person gets the fullness and the power until they come to the end of themselves And God has a way, oftentimes, of bringing us to the end of ourselves, sometimes in pleasant ways, being around other people of humility, and sometimes by just allowing us to fall flat on our face Mm -hmm. 
and we recognize, oh, God, I messed up in that moment because I wasn't depending on you. I came to you too full of myself, and as a result of this, I didn't leave room for you. You know, the the thing that Jesus says to us every day is he says, every day take up your cross and follow me. Mm-hmm. And the cross is not a sign of death necessarily because the cross that we're to take up is empty. And that is the life of Christ. That is the power of the Holy Spirit is he as the Lord deals with us in our weaknesses and in our inadequacies, whatever we have that we depend on instead of depending on him. And I think that's the exciting thing about uh, pastors like you, Pastor Joe, is that you recognize that. And we don't, and it's true with Kathy and I, people look at us, uh, we don't elevate ourselves. We are here because God's called us to be here, to speak for him in a language that others can understand. And that's the way I see you and, and pastors that I know who really do have a tender heart that is a powerful heart because of they know the power of God's Holy Spirit. Kathy, it's time for us to take our break. Mm. Uh, let's do that. We mentioned earlier this is Pastor Appreciation Month. We want to talk about pastors and some of the things that are going on today uh, in the state of Texas, especially in Houston, in regard to pastors. There's some headlines out there. There's some lines out there right after this. Stay with us. Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson and is packed with news and information about the good things that are happening. With a healthy dose of hope, happiness, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed free throughout Central Texas at hundreds of locations, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, churches, and other locations. And did we say the Good News Journal is free? For advertising information or to have an article published, call Good News Journal at 249-6535. The Good News Journal is an inspirational, patriotic journal published bi-monthly to bring you God's good news. The Good News Journal, 249-6535, or read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at CASA at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. 
So, big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. You're listening to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Kathy Underbrock here at the Bridge 1120, today's Christian Talk. And welcome back. This is Kathy Enderbrock on Love Talk Network uh, in the studio with Evelyn Davison and our guest pastor, Ernest Jones, senior pastor at Main Street Baptist Church in Georgetown, Texas. We are talking about a powerful, loving heart. And uh, there's some headlines right now. It is, it's, it's Pastor Appreciation Month, and so we're so pleased to have Pastor Jones in the studio with him and gave him a little gift bag. We're hoping he finds some things in there that, that he really likes. But there's some headlines about pastors. It's, it's a tough, tough life, I think, a pastor being a, a pastor's a kid, as they say, has it pretty tough, being a pastor's wife. And, um, and, you know, in Houston, Texas, the pastors down there having a really rough time of it right now, Evelyn. Well, that is true. And we won't get, uh, Pastor Jones, we won't get your takeoff on this. Uh, I'm not sure how much of the background you know about the mayor of, Austin, uh, of Houston, who was, um, who is um, a gay lesbian mm-hmm. person. And, uh, she issued, uh, through some attorneys, uh, a proclamation uh, declaring that um, all the pastors had to present their sermons uh, for review. And it, it gets broader and wider. And uh, this week, this past week, the uh, Pastors Council, there were five of those pastors that were put on notice that they had to, could not preach again or address this subject again until they had time to uh, examine their sermons. Uh, we see that as a violation of our religious rights. And I want us to talk about that a little bit. Well, of course, I believe that preachers, like anyone else in the entire country, should be free to speak whatever it is that they believe. Of course, this comes across as an attack on free speech. But when I first read the article, I kind of chuckled and I thought, I would love for someone to be so passionately interested in my sermons that they would be willing to sue me to read them. I, every Sunday, I'm just hoping people will stay awake through my sermons, and now we've got people suing to read them. I'm, I'm thinking, why would a mayor have to sue to get the sermons? I'm pretty sure they're online somewhere. But I'm also wondering, why would a pastor refuse to hand over his sermons? That just seems odd to me, too. If anybody requested a sermon from me, I'd gladly let them read it. So that just struck me as a little bit strange. In fact, I have preached on the subject of homosexuality before as a part of a broader series on uh, sexual issues. And my biggest disappointment when I preached it was there aren't very many homosexuals here to hear it. Mm-hmm. So I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if every homosexual in Houston were able to hear a sermon that I preached on the particular subject? So on the one hand, I think it's odd to force pastors to relinquish a sermon. On the other hand, I think it's odd to force pastors to relinquish a sermon. They should let it out. Let people know what it is that Christians actually believe on this subject, and I think they would probably be delightfully surprised what Christians actually believe about homosexuality. 
I think most people go, oh, Christians think, think homosexuality is wrong, and we do. Mm-hmm. But we also believe that premarital sex is wrong. We also believe pornography is wrong. We also believe adultery is wrong. We also believe that while there are exceptions, Jesus never intended for us to divorce. We also believe that lust is wrong. We also believe that we should be careful to guard our thought life. Actually, all people are in the same boat with regards to sexual sin. So the homosexual community oftentimes thinks think that they're being picked on. And I don't think that's how most Christians actually look at it. We're all in the same boat together with regards to our shortcomings, to our failures. If the homosexual community feels like they're being picked on or set apart or especially shunned, I think that is terribly unfortunate. So if if these preachers are preaching the fullness of the gospel, that we've all sinned and that we've all fallen short and that we're all guilty before God in need of a Savior, then I would think they would want to release those sermons. They would want every person, homosexual and heterosexual, or somewhere in between, to read these sermons because they should always point to the grace of Jesus Christ and to our common need for a Savior. That is wonderful. Thank you so much. You know, it is so easy for us to get into this, this thing we've talked about before we got on this subject, how we become so spiritually minded that we are absolutely of little good to a community or to a state or to uh, even our nation in a way that we can do, have a loving, powerful heart. The, the thing that is disturbing to me about much of this, and I, and I know you've got some other comments you want to make, is the danger that it opens up this practice that they are put into law, basically, by the city council in Houston, of opening up the doors to the restrooms. Right. That is disturbing. Let's talk about that, Pastor. Well, I just think that's odd. In most restrooms, you do have stalls that you can go into. So I suppose it's technically possible to just have a unisex bathroom because I can close the door behind me and no one can see anything. I just can't, for the life of me, think, why is it that this is so important to press on? Um, I, I suppose that if I, I were a woman, I might want this law to pass because the restrooms at ball games, for example, at halftime for the men are much shorter. <laughs> I knew we were going to go here. And so it. we can get in a lot faster and oh. get out a lot sooner. And I think the men are going to really hate it because if they have to get in line for the women's restroom, <laughs> it's not going to work out so well. I think a lot of women are going to be very disappointed, too, when they walk into the stall and go, oh, I can tell a man's been here because he did not lift the toilet seat. <laughs> Love so it. why anyone is pressing for this, I have no idea, but I suppose someone's trying to make a statement somewhere that we can all use the same restroom. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess people need to pick their battles a little bit more wisely than this, but whatever. 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 Okay, there are many pastors, and I know a lot of these that are involved in this, and, and I, you know, my heart goes out to them. Uh, there are many pastors that uh, take issues like this to make them a platform. Uh, 
which uh, is not always good, but it is good in that it makes us stop and think about what we really do believe. Right. Mm-hmm. We, really, we have to determine and how we're going to teach our children and our grandchildren. But I think the core issue that most pastors and people are concerned about today is the, the loosening are the letting go of the religious rights we have in this nation. Right. It's becoming more and more of a battle to have the opportunity and the privilege to do this in open debate and open discussion. I agree. That is, that is something that we all struggle with. I imagine that Jesus and his followers struggled with the same thing because Christianity did arise as a minority religion, oppressed by Rome, oppressed by the Jews. And the tact that Jesus has us to take, at least what comes across in the Sermon on the Mount, is you've heard it said, eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I'm telling you, don't resist an evil person. That's kind of interesting to me. Don't fight back power for power. Fight back power with love. Fight back arrogance with humility. And humility does seem to be at the heart of the power of a Christian, and it's something that the world doesn't quite understand. If your brother asks you for your cloak, you know, give mm-hmm. you know your tunic, give him your cloak as well. If he forces you to go one mile, go with him too. And sometimes Roman soldiers could require you to go one mile carrying their burden. And the Christian says, well, I'll do that, and I'll do it without resistance, and then I'll do double what it is that you ask. What if we were to take that approach with people? I think it would be quite disarming. Back to the situation in Houston, if I were sued to be to relinquish a sermon on homosexuality, I would I would say, you don't need to sue me for this. I'll give it to you. In fact, I'll give you all my sermons. I'd kind of like you to read them all. I, I'm afraid that sometimes we have this tendency to fight the world in a worldly way that the world understands. But if we were to resist, not eye for eye or tooth for tooth, but in humility and in service, recognizing and communicating we're all in the same boat together, that we are not above humanity, that we're actually a part of it Mm -hmm. with you, we would get a lot further, a lot sooner with people. You know, that's what a powerful, loving heart is, is to have eyes to see. Paul said in the book of Ephesians, he said, I pray the eyes of your heart might see the things of God. The eyes of your heart. And that's what a powerful Christian is, is one that looks at things from God's point of view, or from Jesus' point of view. But so often it was with Jesus when he went into the into the temple and the lawyers had taken hold of of the outside courtyard. Right. They were doing things that were not of God, not that Jesus uh, condemned them for that, other than he stopped it. Right. So, you know, those are the things that are disturbing for uh, pastors in this state and for people in that more and more there is an encroachment of government upon church. And those are the things that are disturbing. Agreed. To, uh, and, and I know you agree with that. It is time for us to take our break. We need to do that and come back. And, Kathy, we want to talk about 
how it is that you get a powerful heart. We've talked about it from a number of different directions today, uh, how threatening that can be to us when we have to give up something uh, in fear, or how important it is if we do, as Pastor Jones has said, look at everything as if we're giving someone a drink of water. But when we come back, let's talk about what it takes to have a powerful heart right after this. Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson and is packed with news and information about the good things that are happening. With a healthy dose of hope, happiness, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed free throughout Central Texas at hundreds of locations, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, churches, and other locations. And did we say the Good News Journal is free? For advertising information or to have an article published, call Good News Journal at 249-6535. The Good News Journal is an inspirational, patriotic journal published bi-monthly to bring you God's good news. The Good News Journal, 249-6535, or read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net. Hi, this is Steve Washburn, pastor at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000-square-foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as you town. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest-growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. We're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest-growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Reclue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville and come see us. Was your website built by a programmer or a marketer? It makes a difference, a huge difference. Think, marketing is a local boutique ad agency that builds websites around you, your business, and your customers. This approach is Y-O-U-centric. Visit thinkmarketingtexas.com to learn more. That's thinkmarketingtexas.com. It won't cost you to sit down and find out how you can have a website that looks fantastic while making you money. Come on, isn't it time to update your website? thinkmarketingtexas.com. ThinkMarketingTexas.com You're listening to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Kathy Enderbrock here at the Bridge 1120 Today's Christian Talk. And we need to give the kind of salvation and closing relations. And welcome back. This is Love Talk um, on KTXW 1120 AM, The Bridge. And I'm Kathy Enderbach in studio with Evelyn Davison and our special guest today, Pastor Ernest Jones, Senior Pastor at Main Street Baptist Church in Georgetown. We've been talking about a powerful, loving heart today. And boy, we've been through... uh, We've been through some tough discussions uh, looking at Very some Very informative, uh, Kathy, in that 
We are looking, this is Pastor Appreciation Month, as you said, and we're looking at right now some difficulties that pastors are having in the state of Texas uh, in regard to discrimination and in in regard to censorship. And we've taken a light view of it today, and I really thank you for that, Pastor. I need that. Uh, But what is it really we want to close with today is that a powerful heart is a heart that's filled with love, much like you talked about, Pastor, in that when we look at someone, and Jesus said that, when you look at a person that is thirsty and you give them a bottle of water, who are you giving that to? You give, that's like you're giving it to me. And that's the heart filled with mercy and goodness and kindness. And yet we have to stand on that brink of, of not allowing, you know, sin to take its place in those areas where it would damage, you know, our relationships. Uh, and we talked about it, divorce or sexual sin or any of those things we can name. But what we want to close with today is how is it that we have or get a powerful heart that would give us the stamina and the strength and the knowledge and the power to live a life the way that the Lord Jesus has called us to live in. I think the key is simply getting the gospel, uh, understanding the depth of our own need, understanding the length to which he went to provide, understanding that we really are, when we know the truth, poor in spirit. And yet when we are poor in spirit and we stand naked before him, he clothes us with his righteousness. When we stand empty, he fills us with himself. There's something that steamrolls in terms of the humility that comes from getting the gospel. This is why I never get tired of the gospel, because when you get the depth of your sin and then you get the extent of his love and grace for you, it makes you all the more safe in admitting a little bit more just how needy you are, and then he fills that need, and then you understand all the more how deep your need was, and he gives you more. The gospel is not one of those things that grows old with time. The longer you go with Jesus, the sweeter it really is, and the more humbled we become and the more empowered and more enriched we become in the process, and it's all him. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives within me. That's not just a one-time event. It seems that it it grows deeper and richer. And the love, of course, is going to build up in you because love in its essence is recognizing there are no chasms between us, that we all stand together in equal need and we all stand equally forgiven by God the thing that breaks my heart is is so often people fail to realize that Jesus did die for them, that he does want a relationship with them, that uh, a relationship with God is as close as a prayer. It's the sweetest thing that I've ever known, and it gets richer and more wonderful with time. Mm-hmm. And what breaks my heart deeply is that people are missing out on this Mm -hmm. and I mean that in all sincerity it's what my heart beats for is that people would enter into this relationship and that they would grow in this relationship with Christ 
because there's nothing like it. You take a drug, you need a little bit more. You take a meal and go, oh, that was good, and it's just not quite as satisfying the next time. Everything tends to disappoint except Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when you have Jesus, all of a sudden, everything else seems to taste better, look brighter, seem more fulfilling. Marriages get better. Relationships get restored. But we don't come to Jesus as a means to these other ends. We come to Jesus because he in and of himself is worthy to be praised because he changes our lives and because he is beautiful. And he's the only one that can ever satisfy the, the deepest needs of your heart and your soul. He brings it all together. Yeah. In the old covenant, God had worked with the people in so many different ways, Pastor. He gave them the law. He gave them the rules for living it, for health and, and wealth and just just the presence of, of his holiness with them. Uh, and, and they failed to really see that uh, for what it was to the extent that they did not live it. Uh, he promised, and he said this to Ezekiel, said there's going to come a day when I'm going to take out their cold hearts and put in a brand new heart. I'm going to give them a new heart. Right. And we know that that is the heart of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's, That's right. John 10, 10. And we don't understand what that abundant life is until we understand what the crucified life is. Right. And the power that comes to us when we commit our our heart, which is our mind, will, and emotions, the soul of our very life to him. And he, says to, he said to the disciples, you know, I'm here with you in the body now, but I'm going to go away and I'm going to send a helper to you, which is the Holy Spirit. How is the Holy Spirit the one that brings that power to our life after we have, we've really crucified our life? Well, the Holy Spirit is God himself, and oftentimes people think of Christianity in terms of doctrines or thinking differently, but it's the very person of God. We talk about personal relationships, and some people don't quite get it, but when you are in a personal relationship, you recognize this is an actual real person with whom I'm dealing and when you go through life in this personal relationship with God who is personally available 24-7, leading, guiding, empowering, it changes things. I know in my personal relationship with, with God through Jesus Christ, with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within me, I recognize he's constantly showing me things about myself, about people, about situations and he never reveals uncomfortable truths to us unless he's also wanting to bring us to a better place. The Holy Spirit's not rude. He, he shows us uncomfortable things because he also grants the power to bring about actual change in our lives for the better. He's like the good physician. He points out the disease, not so that we feel bad, but so that we will know life, know healing. That's what salvation actually means, is healing. Mm -hmm. God wants to heal our hearts, heal our souls, heal our minds. And God knows we all need it. Yeah. We all need that. Well, a powerful heart is the thing that uh, makes your life such a ministry, Pastor, because the power of God's Spirit is so evident in your life. 
And uh, that's the thing that people look at, uh, at us. Um, Paul taught in, in Romans 8, the 8th chapter, he said that everything that's going to touch your life from this moment on, when you have received the love of the Lord Jesus, he said, I will use it. I will use that in your life. And then in 29, it tells us, he said, I will use it that you might become the love image of Jesus Christ. The love image of Jesus Christ. When we are walking every day in in the path like you walk as you minister to people that that are outside that circle of love, they don't know that. They don't have that experience of relationship. What is it that you can say to them today? Uh, maybe that young person that's listening to us that's never heard the gospel, which is the good news of God's love. Walk us through that so that those that are listening can understand that it is important that you make that decision if you want to know who he is. I would just be, I would, I would encourage anyone who is yet to step into a relationship with Jesus to, to not be afraid and to accept him, to accept what it is that he's done for them, to accept their need. I would also just encourage them to, uh, to believe in, in Jesus, to, to place their trust, their faith in him. And that, of course, involves confession of their sin, the confession of their need. It's not a, an empty prayer that they pray or you've mouthed off certain words. It's understanding and recognizing and verbalizing what you truly believe to be the case, that I'm a person that's in need that I've sinned, that I've fallen short, and that I need a Savior, that I need forgiveness. Um, and it, it seems very, very simple, but personal relationships are that way. They are. You offend someone, you say you're sorry, you confess, you, you receive the forgiveness they give, and you move forward in that relationship, understanding what it is that you've received and that you're loved. Mm-hmm. Well, we want to thank you, Pastor, for being with us today. Give us your phone number. We want people to call you. My phone number? Yeah. Well, I think the church phone number might suffice. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, that would be 512-930-4197. That's 512-930-4197. You can also, I believe, go down and download some of his sermons on msbchurch.com. Check us out as well at lovetalknetwork.com or contact us on the love line at 512-249-6535. It's been another great love talk day with you today. Thank Thank you you for inviting me. This was great. Appreciate that.